This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2021. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we continue to build Transistor.fm. All right, 2021. Still no flying cars. Still no flying cars. <laughs> Not a lot's changed really since 2020. Yeah, I mean, things just kind of roll over. Uh, but how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the new year? Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Ca- I mean, it cautious, started off cautiously optimistic. S- started off pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. We're not quite there. Not quite uh, there yet. I think I'll celebrate a little more on January 20th, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually. Uh, the, even, that's, even then, who knows? Somebody was laughing because I was showing them my calendar and the only event you and I have on the calendar is um, inauguration <laughs> day. John is off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, that could be a day for some, some, some to imbibe, you know, some recreational Perhaps. imbibing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good. A, a lot of people get down on the new year and I find it helpful to be able to close the door on the past <laughs> and say, yeah. okay, well, we have to be able to put a, a a marker in somewhere. And so to be able to put a marker in and say, okay, that was last year, there's the new year, and it it does just naturally help me to be hopeful. So uh I'm I'm feeling pretty energized. I'm also pretty excited about the revenue milestone that we crossed at the year at yeah. the end of 2020. Yeah, that was huge. Uh just barely before the end of the year. Yeah. Um Huge milestone for us that we probably thought would take years yeah. and years to get to. Yeah. Who? Yes. It, yeah. Really. And, and so yeah, that. Yeah. With so many, you know, there there were a lot of businesses that that really suffered in 2020. So we just, uh, I think, we're both very grateful that uh, Transistor was able to continue to grow. Uh, I remember at the beginning, like this time last year, or a little bit later, but. This time last year, you and I were having a call saying, well, we might lose 50% of our revenue. And are we prepared for that? Right. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about in that respect. I think it gives us a lot of flexibility for what to do next. Yeah. Um, and this, in this whole year. And especially in light of all these announcements of podcasting apps and companies being sold or shutting down because they've been losing like, millions of dollars a year yeah. just i it really makes me glad that we didn't take investment and that mm-hmm. we're still a small company and don't have a huge overhead cuz like i just i like was it pocket casts yeah is up for sale but but like they lost I was reading what and they lost almost 900 and, grand well that was just that was just for npr's percentage oh wow so like what where is that money going? I don't I don't get it. That is wow. Yeah. So so NPR owns like 33% and their their loss was like 800 some thousand dollars. No way. 
Just mind-blowing. I don't get it. Well, and, the, and then there was just an article uh, about Spotify. Uh, analysts are writing down Spotify's investment in uh, in podcasting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised by that. They, how many hundreds of millions of dollars have they spent? And About 500 million. Like what? It's, it's amazing to me that they were expecting to get that back in new subscriptions or something. Yeah, here's here's the the headline from CNBC. Spotify's big bet on podcast is failing, Citibank says. So they're saying like the stock is up, but analysts are looking at the company going, "Well, what did we get for these investments because it has we have not seen a material positive inflection in app downloads or premium subscriptions." Right. Yeah, because podcasts are free. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I I mean, I think there's still a lot to be worried about with podcasting this year as far as where it's headed, but there's a lot to be excited about, I think. Yeah. Probably for smaller smaller companies who have a good margin. Yeah. I Let's talk a bit about this because I, I still do have some anxiety about the podcast category. I, wor- I do worry about Spotify coming in and... But by their very coming in and spending all this money, it just adds all sorts of cloud. For example, I don't know, you know, we, we've had some great years, but is that because Spotify kind of juiced up the sector and, you know, everyone was interested, like more people were interested than would have normally been. And because the magnetic pull of all this Spotify attention and hype like how much of that are we benefiting from? You know, how much of their uh, gravitational pull are we experiencing? Uh, it's tough to say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we still have, you know, we have a lot of customers too who sign up and submit to Spotify and then they're like, well, like nobody's finding my podcast. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I think that's where the opportunity lies is helping helping these smaller podcasters get an audience or make money or mm-hmm. it's like, it's not really enough just to submit to Spotify. Like you're not, it, there's so many on there. I don't think your podcast is randomly going to surface in a recommended list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think those are the two focuses are how can we help podcasts develop an audience, podcasters develop an audience, which is a really hard question. This is what every, mm-hmm. you know, every blogging platform, every email newsletter platform, every video platform, you know, the, the ability to help somebody build an audience is tough. Um, even uh, my, my 13 year old son is, uh, has this YouTube channel where he makes these animations and, uh, he's really good at it. And he spends hours doing it. I mean, I'm saying this as a dad, you know, you know, this is, this is dad talk. But, you know, even for him, like he's, his favorite uh, YouTube channels have millions of subscribers and, you know, he has 18 and, yeah. but he's, ex- he's excited about it, but you can see like, it, it's, none of that is easy. Uh, and, uh, I mean, frankly, I know the easiest way for him to build an audience would be for me to tweet it out. And for sure <laughs> he would get a bunch of subscribers, right? So Ah, it's, yeah. it's a hard problem, but uh, yeah, I, I I am a little bit I'm cautiously concerned uh, or cautiously optimistic. I think about podcasting yeah. 
every time I yeah I mean yeah yeah I, who knows what this year will bring I mean last year we saw a big push and increase in you know private podcasts a lot a lot of that was due to COVID and working from home and who knows what who knows what the thing this year will be I, yeah well now there's rumors that Apple is starting a premium podcast subscription service yeah I mean I guess that kind of makes sense you know they're putting money into TV and they might as well put money into producing podcasts, I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, and maybe that'll end up being a, a, a good sign for the category because Apple will have a strong incentive to keep the free podcast directory going and invest more yeah. in it. But then they can they can um, feature and promote their premium offerings in there as well. So, and they definitely want to increase services revenue. So... Yeah. But again, there's, you know, there's only so much attention span that one person has to listen to podcasts all day. Like, and if, if Apple's pushing premium podcasts that they develop, like that's less time that people are going to listen to smaller podcasts. Yeah. So that there's, I mean, there's some concern there too, but it's. Yeah. Although flip side is I, there's still a huge group of people in worldwide who aren't listening to podcasts regular regularly so apple's poll you know if all of a sudden they're promoting podcasts and people go okay i'm gonna go check out the new premium conan show or whatever that might make, turn them into podcast listeners and then by extension mm -hmm. the the indie podcasts will get more listeners hopefully yeah it's possible yeah so you never know at the beginning of the year. This this is what why we do this show is because it's like a running journal of uh, where we were in a, I a mean, point of time. I don't even remember what we were talking about at the beginning of last year, but it certainly didn't turn out to be what we expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the, uh, the year turned out a lot different than we thought it God. would be. Uh, yeah, what were we talking about? We were talking about what's your sustainable competitive competitive advantage. Uh, yeah, we were we were so naive. The challenges of being in the wrong business. What a year. What a weird, weird year. Yeah. I don't feel like it can't get much worse than that, but... Uh... Well, and you know, I feel... One thing I didn't... I, I think I've had a hard time understanding is, like, I'm here in this small little ski town and really, like most of my life didn't change. Like my kids are still going to school. I'm still going to my office. I have kids and a wife and like our house is full of people. And so for me, a lot of my life didn't change. But when I talk to my sister and her boyfriend who are just kind of a closed unit and people like you and anybody who doesn't have kids, this time was it was challenging. Like the, yeah. just the, I think just the isolation alone was made it difficult. And then you add everything else on top and mm -hmm. it's, it's tough that, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it definitely makes, definitely makes me grateful for what we have and the, just the flexibility to take the time we need to do what we need to do or not work or work when we can work or just say like, this week, I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that almost the whole year was just this low level layer of anxiety and stress. Yeah. 
that like I think a lot of people expected to just disappear mm-hmm. in the new year, but that's not really happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is why I think the dream of building your own software company is so attractive for uh, indies, like people who want to build small companies. Like I don't, I don't really want to build anything that looks like Amazon or anything that looks like, I just, I, I really don't, maybe one day I'll, I'll want that, but I keep looking at our lives and I'm, I'm like, our life is so simple <laughs> compared to what it would take for us to, like, right, I, I did some calculations and we have, if you exclude the free podcast hosting providers, we have 1.23% of the podcast hosting market. Yeah. And so, and the biggest uh, host has 13%. And so I could say, okay, what would it take us to get to, you know, to disrupt them, to be, to be at 13%. Yeah. We'd have a team of marketers, team of developers. We'd have to take funding. Our lives are changed dramatically. Oh yeah. Like for the worst. All of a sudden we have <laughs> to have meetings. We have to, uh, you know, be available at all times. We have to be managers. And so, I, I don't think we're alone in wanting this. This freedom, this space, this margin. And, you know, I've shared this in the past, but when I was really depressed in whatever that was, 2017, I had the other problem of I stopped working for six months and quickly liquidated all my savings and had you know, then I had financial stress on top of, um, on top of emotional distress. And, um, that's why I think coronavirus and seeing how many people are not just being impacted emotionally and mentally, but like when you also have this fear of where's my next check going to come from, or am I going to get laid off tomorrow? Uh, or am I going to have to take a pay cut? That, um, that is, yeah, that's hard. And mm-hmm. um, the software is one of the few things. I don't know if you caught my my chat with Jason Freed, but like software is one of the few things where there's incredible margins, and a one or two person company can carve out a really nice living. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for us, you and I to go and compete in farming or in retail or in wholesaling, like we just, it, it would, it's difficult for an independent or indie minded company to get a, a foothold in those areas. But yeah, software, like that's accessible, uh, to the point where I really, like if, if I was Apple and I was Spotify and I was pocket casts, I would be hired. I would be going out and looking for like a couple bootstrappers that maybe haven't quite hit escape velocity. And I would hire them because right. we're clearly more efficient. 
<laughs> like, it's like I, I'm often looking at companies going like, you have a hundred people working for you, and like, what do you have to show for it? Like, you're moving so slow, you're making all these mistakes. Like, I just don't understand how you can have that many resources. Yeah, there's a certain amount of waste that comes with it. Yeah, it's definitely. Let's talk a little bit about this Twitter ban because I, I think this affects us because we are a content company. Yeah, there's a lot lot wrapped up in this. Twitter ban, the, the parlor ban. Mm, yeah. Parlor deplatforming. Uh well, it's more than just a Twitter ban. It, it's banning everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So so Trump is off Pinterest. He's off uh yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know. I don't know where he's going to do his mood boards now, but uh, <laughs> not not on Pinterest. Um, so he he got banned, and I I've been going back and forth about this. Um, I I think I know where you stand. What what what's kind of your take right now on on how you feel about it? I I think it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It probably could have happened earlier. Yeah, depending. I mean looking at all the stuff he said in the past, he provokes people to do really stupid things. Yeah. And dangerous things and violent things. Yeah. I mean, if if he was not the president, if he was just a regular guy and he was on Transistor and he was doing and saying those things, you and I would have been like, let's just get this guy off. He's like, it, yeah. this is just not the 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 kind of action and language and we don't want this on our platform. It's just, it's not, it's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad that it took basically terrorists storming the Capitol to kick him off, but that's where we are. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of it might be, you know, Twitter and Facebook kind of trying to save face before a new administration comes in, but. Yeah. So I'm going back and forth because in, intuitively I'm, I'm with you. And I, I also think when I look at it from our perspective, like as a private company, I just feel like we should have the right to um, kick people off. Yeah, and we do. And we do. Uh, and, and, and so that the, any, any um, move to say, well, you know, if, if you do have someone who is saying awful things on your platform in being uh, disrespectful or hateful or, or racist or whatever and not um and not having the ability to kick those people off um like here's a, a a practical example we had a podcast where the the co-hosts had a fight and then one of the co-hosts left or something and then the other co-host just started started saying really hateful angry things about yeah. that person. And I just reached out to the person. I said, Hey, I don't want this on transistor. Like it's, it's, it's not nice. Like It's not nice to, yeah. to, to publicly disparage someone like this. This is not the forum for this. And, um, so I worry a little bit about us losing that ability. On the other hand, you know, we, we got a, uh, uh, we had someone else message us today about uh, a podcast that they they felt was problematic, and so I, you know, I downloaded it and I transcribed it, and 
you know, there's a part of me going, I'm not really equipped to make these decisions. Like, it's difficult to parse out mm-hmm. what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And we have a we have a terms of use agreement that lays stuff out, but a lot of it does come down to interpretation. And uh and it's it's not easy making those calls. And so there's another part of me that's wondering without dismantling section 230 which is i think the this free speech um this amendment to the first the section of the first amendment or amendment to the first amendment yeah uh, i don't i don't think that should be dismantled I, i've been following uh Evan Greer on Twitter and they have quite a few good things to say about it just that um you know we got to be very careful about what policy decisions we make now Right, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a even in in the case of Trump, like it, he wants to get he wanted to get rid of it, but it also was the thing protecting him from basically staying on this platform. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you're saying there's some irony there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, folks thinking about starting a business, this is the downside to being a a content platform. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin. You'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. Like like eventually you are going to have to make these decisions. If you host content for other people or you take payments on behalf of other people or you provide a, like if you're Shopify and you provide a store for other people, you're going to have to make these calls. Whereas if you're providing error tracking for, you know, Trump's website, you're probably not going to get called out on it. Um, uh, but you, I mean, if you host content, you're going to have to figure this stuff out. And it is, it is not easy or yeah. clear. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. But you also don't really want to go the route of the government telling you what you can and can't say because then that's just censorship on a government level and that's what dictatorships and fascist governments do. So like, yeah, it's, it kind of has to be up to the, I don't know, the small companies, I guess, or big companies in this case. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth reading uh, for an alternative view. I think it's worth reading. David Sachs has a, a post. I'll put it in the show notes. Section 230, mend it, don't end it. And the the idea is to fix section 230 bringing it into conformity with first amendment principles of course this is going to be up to interpretation but right. he's saying yeah. uh it's silly for twitter and facebook to be improvising content moderation policies and um yeah so he's saying that if if we could if the government could be very clear about how the first amendment should apply to social networks and by extension, podcast hosting providers and, um, you know, all the way down blogging platforms, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's also a much more difficult thing for us to deal with unless we transcribed every podcast and had a, you know, a, a bad list of words and phrases and things that we would catch, but that's a yeah a tremendous task and expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I imagine it's going to be something we're going to have to keep dealing with this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe it would be better if folks had to, um, instead of instead of complaints going through us, it would go through uh, like an ombudsman. Uh, you know, a, th- a th- like our broadcasting corporation has an ombudsman. I don't know if you. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Just like a third party. Yeah. So Kinda. is this a only Canadian word? Um, <laughs> Could be. <laughs> it's a, a public official uh, who investigates and address complaints um, or violation of rights, usually appointed by the government with a significant degree of independence. So that might be better because then we don't have to incur all the cost and headache of like, it's just somebody who's trained in this that maybe went to school and got their ethics degree um, and their law degree to, you know, to review those things. And then they can then just say to us, Hey, you got to remove this content. Like right now, um, the Spotify on behalf of the RIAA or whatever issues, takedown notices for us. And Mm -hmm. we just, we just, listen like that's that's all there is to it like we yeah, we just right. comply with it so yeah that'll be interesting that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on as the as the year progresses yeah yeah but yeah i mean i ultimately i i don't exactly know where you stand but ultimately like i'm perfectly okay with us being having the power to take down content that we don't want on the platform that we built yeah yeah yeah, I'm I'm okay with that too. Yeah. And, and and of course, like depending on where you live in the world, um and uh well, depending on a lot of factors, what what might not be okay for John and I, uh you know, might be okay in other places. Um but so there there's definitely some issues here, but <laughs> the the yeah, I'm I'm mostly in agreement with you just like if 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 we don't want somebody on the platform, we have to have some way of doing that. And currently, corporations in the U.S. have the power to serve who they, you know, or not serve. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure we will get some thoughts about that. I'm sure we will. I, I One thing I'm excited about for the new year is I think the the possibilities for helping podcasters earn revenue is interesting to me i as i've been sp- i've been spending a lot of time on clubhouse um this new social audio app yeah which i was initially pretty grumpy about like oh, i don't want to get on there it's you know what it's just uh you know another social thing and and there's definitely a lot of uh <laughs> bitcoin make money online uh ch- chatter on there but there's a lot of podcasters on there and I've been doing a lot of listening and, you know, anecdotally, there's definitely a lot of people who are getting into podcasting with the goal of somehow, um, earning more money with that content, whether it's, you know, getting a better job, like raising their profile in an industry, whether it's, uh, marketing their company, whether it's, um, you know, getting money directly from patrons, Patreon, Patreon supporters, uh, or advertising, or a membership site, or paying for a private podcast. The you know the way uh, Sam Harris has his setup. 
So mm-hmm. I, I think there's something here. There's a, it, you know, if we're listening to the market, I think one thing the market is saying is, you know, a lot of people get into podcasting because they think it would, at the very least, it would be nice if they earned a little bit of revenue from their show. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, you have any thoughts about that? Any? I would love to make that a reality for people. I don't, I don't think we've necessarily settled on the one great way. Mm-hmm. I mean, ads are tricky. They don't necessarily work for smaller podcasts. Mm-hmm. You could probably make a lot more money with like a private subscription. Yeah. Um, per listener. And honestly, like I, I think our our experiment with Patreon has been interesting. People mm-hmm. excited about our journey. Uh, people who want a call out in the show. I got another uh, message from from uh, Adam Duvander, who's mm-hmm. been a longtime Patreon supporter. And he said he was on a Zoom call in a Zoom meeting with a potential client or something. And then he said, uh, by the way, are you the one, I are you the Adam Duvander that, uh, that, <laughs> that is, gets the shout out at the end of the Billy Giuseppe? That's show? great. Nice. So, you know, there's lots of, lots of reasons people are willing to support your work. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think we've settled on one thing. It'll probably be multiple things. There's some ideas that we have sketched out on napkins and Google docs from the beginning ab- around this topic of monetization. And I feel like now we've got enough foundation that we could start exploring some of those ideas yeah yeah i mean the one thing that i didn't quite get to before the end of the year and still haven't to haven't gotten to is our one of our bigger updates to, to private podcasting that we're going to do and i think that'll lay a pretty good groundwork for some of that revenue building yeah oh yeah so that's yeah that's i mean that's something i've been thinking of and we have that all laid out and i'm just kind of trying to work out the mental space to start building that. Yeah, no, I think I think private podcasts are going to be uh, a part of this for sure. One, one thing I keep thinking about is the the simplicity of you know a lot of people who are trying to like earn a living online. Sometimes they try a bunch of things, like okay, I'm going to try to build a SaaS product, and I'm going to have a paid newsletter, and I'm going to have a downloadable ebook and I'm going to have a course and I'm going to have a membership platform and I'm going to and when I look at folks like Ben Thompson has done a great job of he's got his paid newsletter very simple old technology and he has his paid podcast very simple old technology and if you want to support Ben you have two great options he's not trying to do everything he's not trying to you know build all the things he's not it's just, hey, if you're listening to the podcast, you can upgrade and get this. And it's just so simple. Uh, Sam Harris, if you listen to his show, he he uh, fades out the episode halfway through. So if you want to listen hmm. to the rest, it's a really simple path to upgrade. Just click here and upgrade. And I think the simplicity of the model is its strength. There are people who folks want to hear more from and they'll pay for it. And uh, uh, podcasting especially, I think, is unique because uh, like with an email newsletter, 
my my inbox is is the recipient of all sorts of things, right? It's like I've got bills <laughs> in there, I've got newsletters, I've got paid newsletters, I've got email reminders, I've got a message from my dad. A podcast player is unique because it's an inbox just for podcasts. And so it's yeah. unencumbered. It's it's completely clean in a way that really like if you think about anything else, it's really sandboxed. Like even if you're on YouTube, there's so many distractions that could take you away from a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. But when you're in your podcast player, there's really no other distraction. It's like you are there. The only thing you can do there is listen to a podcast. That's it. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of like why I like reading on a Kindle yeah, as opposed to an iPad or something. Well, I guess a paperback book would be good too, but yeah, there's nothing else you can do. You just read a book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, my, I'm, I'm kind of betting that this is going to be a trend. I think, um, I like, I've been, I've been trying to subscribe to Substack newsletters and there were some newsletters I was really excited about getting that I paid for, but I've just had such a hard time keeping up on it because when I'm in my inbox, I'm not in the mental space to be reading. And yeah. I, even with Hey, Hey has this feed section and I just never check it because every time I open my inbox, I'm like, I'm just here to check to see if I have any messages. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the great thing about what RSS readers are all about, right? You just have, you have the, the magazines and websites that you subscribe to and that's it. Honestly, I'm thinking about going back. Do 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 you use an RSS reader right now? No, I yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I I think I think reader is still a thing. I, I'm thinking about going back because I want to read more, uh, but like almost all of my reading happens in this Nuzzle app. Mm -hmm. So it just like uh, it takes all of the top tweeted articles from my friends on Twitter and then puts it in a list, and. Uh, that's almost all of my reading, but I'd, I'd love to, you know, subscribe to some blogs and just get those. And, um, yeah, that the podcast inbox is an interesting, uh, yeah. framework to consider. And so private podcasts, it's like, uh, I subscribe to a few that I pay for, uh, a few paid private podcasts and I just love it. It's like, okay, here, there's the show I pay for. It's right there. And, uh, almost always when those pop into my, uh, my podcast inbox, I, I listen to those first because it's mm -hmm. like something I really want to hear. So yeah, lots, lots of opportunity there. And, uh, people can do this right now, by the way, uh, with our private podcasting feature. They, if you use memberful or Podia or Gumroad, you can, uh, you can connect those two using Zapier. Just, yeah. just have people pay, and then have a zap that automatically adds their email address to your private podcast on Transistor and you're in business. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Uh, anything else we should talk about? I don't know, kind of what we've been working on I guess, the last yeah. month yeah. or weeks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, why don't talk a little bit about what you've been working on lately? I don't have a ton of headspace for a lot of big projects at the moment. Hopefully that can ramp up soon. But I've just been kind of picking off little stories in our, in our uh, I guess, backlog if you want to call it that yeah but jason fried says we should know we stop calling that <laughs> uh our i what, what should we call that what do you call the thing that jason fried made you feel our guilty bucket about of ideas i don't know 
It's just, I've just been doing like little little improvements here and there, a little, a few infrastructure updates and just kind of like quality of life updates for people and, yeah. and for us. So yeah, some onboarding things. That's, that's it really. Onboarding. Um, yeah. Uh, coupon codes, coupon codes on sign up that I think you're going to try to make use of, mm-hmm. um, for kind of marketing purposes and yeah. Uh, importing a show, like we've got some importing, uh, some onboarding for people who import a show. Yeah, some of that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I really, I just kind of poked around and found like little stories that I could complete in a day or maybe a couple of hours and just knock those out and make myself feel good that I'm actually doing something. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and in terms of quality of life for our customers, often those little tweaks can have, it, it's just, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you come home and everything's been cleaned and you're just like, oh, wow, like, not a lot has changed. Like it wasn't like everything, the furniture got rearranged, but it's just really nice to, to be in a you know, nice clean space where there's been some upkeep. The other thing that was a Christmas miracle that we haven't talked about is YouTube letting us oh. use their API again. Oh, yes. It was like eight months. Oh. And I honestly, I just started emailing everyone I could possibly harass about this thing and found some old email from like eight months ago, replied to that and just said, hey, what's going on? And then within like an hour, they were like, you've been approved. Oh my gosh. I, I, I just got a hold of the right person. It was bizarre. I, because everybody in our industry has been trying to do this. Like we weren't the yeah. only ones having trouble. It's a really convoluted process. Although throughout the last few months, they definitely upgraded. They up, updated the UI for configuring. The problem was your, you had to get your, your OAuth screen approved so that people could connect their account to us mm-hmm. because we use a couple of uh, API scopes that are what they call sensitive because you can get some information. So they have to review a few things, but you have to go through this process and like it was unclear what state you were in, yeah. where you were at in that process. There was literally nobody to email. There's no support. There's nothing. I would like post on some message boards and be like, what's going on with this? And they're like, that's not our department. <laughs> go to the contact page and it's like, there's no, you don't. Yeah. It go, it's just a dead end of nothingness. And then we finally found some people at Google Podcasts who were really helpful. And then they helped us out with something else. And then we said, hey, can you help us with this? Like, it's been forever. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, it's not, we're not, we don't need to talk to Google Podcast people. We don't need to talk to YouTube people. We need to talk to Google Cloud Platform people who are in charge of like security. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a mess. But we're good. It's approved. You can now... Uh, upload your podcast. Yes. And uh, people <laughs> do like that feature. I know you and I haven't always been a fan of it, but you can only push back against the market so much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if the market wants it, you've got to... And we were, I think we were like this close to just pulling it entirely. Because it's just like, it, people kept asking about it, just kept sitting there and saying, we're waiting to hear back from Google. And it was like, I think Christmas Eve or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Christmas like, miracle. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Ugh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so some good stuff working on, some good stuff there. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I'll end by saying, I'm. Uh, we have a couple new customers. I'm always excited about new customers, people signing up for Transistor. Uh, and if you're thinking about starting a show, 2021 is a great time to start a show if you're thinking about, you know, you've had a podcast on like, you know, an old competitor forever and you just want something better, 
we'd love to have you. Talking about people who just switched, the Las Vegas Golden Knights just switched to Transistor. So I'm pretty excited about that. I got on a call with them, like five or six people from their broadcast team. For for people that don't know sports, Justin, can oh, you that's, explain who that doesn't, is? Doesn't everyone know the NHL and follow <laughs> it? Uh, this is this is NHL. This is this is hockey. This is this is all we care about. This is you know, I I haven't even yeah. searched to see if we have a NFL or NBA team. N- no big deal. Yeah. But the yeah, it doesn't matter. The Las right? Vegas Golden Only Knights, hockey. and they were. I mean, they've had a good team uh, the last uh, few years. So yeah, pretty cool to have them. And you know who else switched to us from Simplecast, one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It's a podcast for programmers, but really it has nothing to do with programming. No plans to merge, just uh, just oh, switch nice. to us. Um, which I'm, I mean, those I those guys are friends of mine, but it was it was just awesome that they finally switched and and cool. uh, nice. decided to to throw the business our way. So thanks to the Golden Knights and no plans to merge. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> uh, and I think you know n- now that we're back on the mic, I. I think uh, we're going to try to do this more regularly. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, nice to be away, but good to be back. I will say, I hope at some point this year, we can give each other a big hug. Yeah, in person. (laughs) Be good to hang out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm almost feeling like you should, because you can still fly here. I, I'm, I, the sucky part is you'd have to have, uh, I don't know if they just reduced it. Is it a 10 day quarantine? But I don't know. It feels, can you fly there? You can, you can. I've heard different stories. I've heard of, I've heard of people who actually have family there and can't get in. We should look this up because yeah, I think, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's hard because there's also like People are being advised to stay home. It, you're not supposed to do any unnecessary travel. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's getting worse here. There's a new variant in the U.S. and uh, It's just like, it's just going to be bad until it finally gets yeah. better. Yeah, I, I, I just don't like this in-between. Like, it's like, even just now, I was like, oh, John, you should just fly here. And then instantly I felt this guilt of like, ah, but maybe that's not the right thing to do. You know, maybe, you know, right. maybe it's, yeah. it, it's, it's so unclear sometimes um as to how we should be living our lives in you know in the midst of all this so yeah that's that the hardest part is the inability to plan for the future and even any sense of what it's going to be like in even a couple yeah yeah fingers crossed i hope uh i hope that it doesn't take a decade for the u.s to roll out their uh, (laughs) vaccines really hope not yeah uh, let's thank the good people who support us on Patreon. John, you want to, you want, yeah, you want to give this yeah. a try? Yeah. Thanks as always. <clears throat> I'll try to see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> we have the Take It EV podcast, uh, Ethan Gunderson, Diogo, Chris Willow, Mason Hensley, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler, Eric Lima, James Sowers, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pradyumna Schembecker, Noah Prail, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, my brother Dan Bruda, 
Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! And Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Next week? <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We uh, will see you. <laughs> next time. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.